Welcome to What's Your Beef? Each week, we will introduce you to people working in the beef industry and some of the characters that help deliver the iconic event that is Beef Australia. Hello, I'm Jane Cudahy and this is What's Your Beef? In this episode, we're chatting with Leon Julia, Nutrient Ag Solutions Western Region Livestock Manager. Leon is a long-term supporter of Beef Australia, having attended every event since 1999 and I'm sure has a good few tales to tell. Welcome, Leon. Firstly, your Nutrient Ag Solutions, and I think that name change is recent enough that we can say formerly Landmark, but now Nutrient Ag Solutions. You're their Western Livestock Manager, but I feel like it's almost a, a misconceiving job title because the Western region is is basically one half of Australia, isn't it? Yeah, it certainly is. And uh, thanks very much for having me too. I appreciate that. Yeah, the, what's uh, considered the Western region for the nutrients former uh, landmark business is Tennant Creek North. So, uh, and unfortunately, of recent times, one hasn't been able to get, well, you can get yourself into Northern Territory, but I haven't been able to get out. So uh, we've been communicating with the guys in the in the Territory, obviously, uh, with all the modern technology. And, uh, yeah, from, uh, from Kununurra, uh, the north of Western Australia, all the way around to Esperance and, Albany, Margaret River, and all parts in between. So yeah, that's uh, that's the area, and that's uh, livestock's my responsibility within the business. Well, that's a huge amount of livestock too, Ben, and um, you know, <laughs> miles as well. But what just can you paint uh, for for an ignoramus Eastern Australian um, in our little beef bubble over here? You sort of don't hear too much from the West. So can you give us a good picture of what the Western Australian beef industry? is really about? Uh, it's a very, very diverse uh, industry. It, it really is. As I say, we're um, at the top end, um, we're, we're dealing with uh, with our boss indicus cattle and our, and our pastoral cattle and, and live export plays a major, major role in uh, cattle production in uh, in the north and, and anywhere north of the 26th parallel. Then we start coming south of the 26th parallel and We'll have some of our backgrounding country. Um, we'll have uh, maybe maybe some breeders in the drier country and through the grain belt. We'll have some of our feedlotters. And then you move south and you get into your southern breeds, into your Angus cattle, into your greys. And then when you move further, further south and, uh, and, and end up down in country like Margaret River, where you're getting 850 mils of rain a year, you're, you're into milk-fed calves off mum uh, dressing 240 and 250 kilos and then you follow that coast around and and there you are at Esperance and you've got some of the smaller stations uh, in Western Australia herds of four five hundred head of beautifully well-bred Angus cattle so it is vast and, uh, and and well and truly varying yes well it sounds like it and I guess you know again you hear you hear of the live export trade a lot but there's a really high-end part to that business too yes there is there is so whilst we are moving cattle into our asian neighbors in indonesia and malaysia and and vietnam there's also the breeder demand uh, of our of our southern cattle Um, and there's really really strong demand this year 
for uh, for British bred breeders uh, for for live export. Why is that? What's changed that there's that demand there for that for the European breeds? Western Australia has traditionally always topped the boats up. Has always topped the boats up. They've called in a Fremantle, picked up a bit of feed, and maybe put on. 1,200, 800 heifers, maybe some dairy heifers, maybe some blacks. But the shortage of numbers and the demand in the East Coast is really, really pushing the market here in the West. And when you ask the question in regards to how is the West Australian market or, or what's making up the West Australian market or the greatest influencer, the greatest influencer right at this point of time as we speak, whatever date that is, the first week of October, it, uh, it, it's New South Wales. It is New South Wales restocking. And they're having a huge effect and uh, impact on, on the uh, Australian beef sector. Uh, a lot of the, the, the well-bred pastoral heifers last week on Auctions Plus, they made significant money in excess of 400 cents for 250 and 280 kilo well-bred drought master cattle out of that Pilbara country. We're getting some really strong inquiry for 250, 280 kilo Angus, well-bred Angus cattle, females to head into that Northern Victoria, New South Wales country. So it's all about that restocking of, uh, of New South Wales. It's really pushing the, the West Australian grazier market. There's still, you have a fairly big influence from your northern markets too, don't you? They, do they have a bit of a price drive for your, the southern region? Not quite to the extent. Mm. Not quite to the extent. We haven't had a season in what we consider that Pilbara or Gascoigne area. Um, it's been very patchy. We, we haven't had a, a season where there's been widespread rain right throughout and, uh, so it, it's very mixed the um, the pressure it's placing on the um, on the southern market. It, it well, it actually isn't. It isn't placing any pressure on the southern market. Oh, okay. not this year. <laughs> there you go. Well, um, Leon, you've been working for Nutrien or previously Landmark, and before that, Dal Dalgettis. Is that was were they the Landmark? I was the original. Um, I started with West Farmers mm. as a livestock trainee at the major selling centre in Midland. And uh, I actually spent uh, 14 years with West Farmers and culminated as a branch manager, or finished up as a branch manager in a, uh, in a mixed farming area down, uh, down the south called, uh, a town called Mount Barker. And uh, I decided to, to pursue another opportunity in, uh, in cattle and uh, in, in ag, and I took the opportunity in a uh, artificial breeding business and I spent a number of years in the artificial breeding business providing uh, service to dairy and, uh, and, and beef producers, and that's uh, semen and embryo transplant collection and, uh, and the sales of. And it's been the last 10 years that I've been back in this role with uh, the, the landmark. That's still, that's still a chunk of time, I guess, in that Western Australian beef industry and I you know it's a, there's been a real progression in the in the beef industry in that time what have you noticed in that period what I have noticed is the quality of our cattle is is is, is getting better and better consistently and our 
cattle producers are utilising the vast array of technologies that are available to to make those improvements, whether it's in breeding or whether it's in growing grass. And I'm, I talked to a minute ago about the very well-bred pastoral heifers in the Pilbara. Well, in all the north, we were primarily short on cattle. In the 60s, 70s, and a little into the 80s, we were primarily short on cattle north of the 26th parallel. They were able to do well. They had the milking ability. They were large frame animals. You could put meat on them when you had the feed. But that slowly changed. And Drought Masters and Santa Gertrudis are taking a, 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 a really, really strong presence in the Pilbara. Um, we've got the Drought Masters and we've got the well-bred uh, Branhams coming across south of Queensland into the Kimberley. So, so breeding, we're also seeing that southern markets, the, uh, the increase of the Angus females and the Angus herds and the dominance of that, and I guess that's no surprise that's right across Australia. Uh, we're starting to see less of those first cross females, or those Angus Frisian cross females, where they were, there was that milk calf vela production. That's that that's starting to um, starting to alter, and we're starting to see our grain feeding to 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 come around to uh, to a twelve month product. The other thing I've noticed in particular in the southern parts of the state. Uh, southern guys are farming their, their properties and their grassland pasture farms, very, very similar to that of dairy farmers. They're reseeding, they're rotational grazing, some are even strip grazing, but you're starting to see them utilise their pastures far better. And as I say, reseeding, you know, something that, that maybe, not maybe, it definitely wasn't done to the extent that it is some 10 years ago. So all in all, um, you know, the productivity and uh, the, the, the production that we're getting out of our beef production systems has uh, is really increased in most recent times. Your passion for the industry and the pride in what you have observed is, is quite noticeable. What, what got you first involved in the beef industry? I'm assuming you went to school, so that, you know, I know you should never assume, but I assume you did. So what, after school, what, what brought you over? If I had a stayed home on a family farm, I would have been fourth generation dairy farmers. And I just love cows. I love cattle. <laughs> and um, I sort of was unfortunately a little bit disruptive in school. In, uh, in particular, my first three years uh, of, of high school. Mm-hmm. And um, I was given an ultimatum that... Um, that I needed to do two more years of school in some shape or form. And so um, I was encouraged, actually, that uh, I was going to be given a bread heifer Oh! if I, if I would do two more years of school. That's, a, that's and, a good deal. And that was the only encouragement that I needed. Yep. So we went and did the rounds of the agricultural colleges here in Western Australia, and I decided I wanted to go to the one out at Narragin because it had poultry, it had pigs, it had cropping, uh, had sheep and it had beef. And I thought I'd get pretty well rounded. No disrespect to any of the others, but, you know, there were two that were focused on dairying. I thought, well, that's that backgrounds at home. I could learn that. Mm. So 
I broaden my skills or knowledge base up there. And I always thought I was going to come home and that was it. So, and I did, but it was very, very short lived because uh, having spent two years away at boarding college, um, uh, we lived on the, we were probably, uh, we were in the bush, but we were 30, 30, uh, 30 Ks out of, uh, out of the Perth city and the attraction to, uh, to parties, we've been able to play a bit of AFL football, motor vehicles and girls. It just didn't mix. Well, it sounds like so a dad, good youth, though, um, to be uh, fair. Well, dad, dad uh, it only took about three months, and the discussion was had to say, well, something's got to give. And they were all thinking that I was probably going to smarten my ways a little. And I said, well, maybe I need to find a job. Our family were very, very loyal. West Farmers clients, and uh, we knew the state livestock manager well. And I went into the city where the head office was, and I went and asked him whether there was an opportunity for work. Wow! And uh, he told me that I could start out at the uh, the Midland Sale Yards as a trainee, three o'clock in the morning, uh, penning up sheep. Wow! So those were the days where there were four days of sales at the major selling centre in that in um, in WA. And so that's how my career started. And um, I was branded, uh, unfortunately, because of the, the family name and the connection to uh, the dairy industry. I was, I was uh, branded a dairy guy and I made it my business to uh, let everyone know I was not quite that. So <laughs> I took a shine to sheep and, uh, and yeah, breeding cattle, uh, breeding cattle has, has always been a, a strong interest of mine. I just want to go backwards a, a touch because you know when you have it in your head that you're going to go home and that is your that's your destined career and then you know circumstances don't play out that way and you're forced to reinvent yourself. You know we don't hear too much about that side of things. The the, the kids or the young people that leave farms. What you know you you simplified it pretty well uh, then, but what was that like having to go right? Well, let's just change tack completely. And um, make another decision, find something else. I knew that um, that the family would have liked me to, to be there, but I always thought it was short-lived. And I could see what took place with Dad. And he had three brothers. And my grandparents were still sorting out things as it was. Mm. And um, when I say sorting things, um, succession planning. And, and they didn't succession plan back in the back in the 80s. It was, you know there's no real structure mm. and 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 that and that was pretty plain to me and um and I probably could have stayed there probably could have stayed there for four or five years but the, the same result would have happened that's what brought me to the realization so males will do it now and um yeah look I, I my connection to um uh, you know one of the uncles stayed daring for a long time and I stayed uh, involved with him and his business and still enjoyed uh, you know black and white cows and those type of things and followed some of the breeding. Yep. Didn't mean I still couldn't have an interest. Yeah. But, um, yeah. You're working in the agency game and you've got an interest now in sheep as well as cattle. Uh, what have been some of your favourite moments? Because, you know, the life of an agent can be quite um, varied, a lot of driving, a lot of sales, a lot of talking, um, but a lot of fun too. Yeah, I guess that's the point that... Um, yeah, it can be, uh, be long hours, and um, 
and you know you do recall and you know, show me age probably, but I do recall the days um, when we were actually witnessing sheep being destroyed so the farmers could get their, their $2 per head. And they were terrible times. And when we couldn't move sheep for, for love or money, that was exactly it. That, that, was, that was really tough to see years of breeding, mm. years of breeding. Um, the, uh, the camaraderie and um, the partnershiping of, of, of your good clients like you, 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 you're not a salesman. Um, you, you, you're not a have to have part of their business. You actually want to be a part of their business, or they want you to be a part of the business. That's really, really rewarding. No, you're not necessarily making the decisions, but you're bringing solutions to the table. Well, it's a relationship too. Yeah, yeah, it is, it, and it's really, yeah, it's really good. It's um, and and, and a lot of satisfaction when uh, when when people acknowledge. You know the the energy and effort that you that you put into bringing something to the table or or the result, but yeah, you're right. There's lots of fun. There's plenty of fun that was had, and and people talk about it now. How did how did you manage to do agency in your early days without a mobile phone? And, yes. Um, some of these young guys that we're putting on these days are are staggered to think that you can have your week's work coordinated, you know, from a Sunday night after you know playing a game of football or having a few beers and all those things and yeah just uh back in the good old days you had to be structured and you had to be disciplined (laughs) i I guess that's what it brought that's what it brought exactly and look we just want to touch on nutrient um does have a traineeship program coming up is that is that right yes the livestock traineeship program and i guess that that you know some of these young young stories that go into that yeah there are there's some you get a lot of satisfaction from uh, from some of these young guys and uh, and la- young ladies. Um, we actually uh, just digress for a moment. Yep. Uh, two two years ago, we interviewed um, six pe- six young people we thought were ideal candidates, and uh, there were there were two young ladies and 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 one young lady is uh, gosh, she she was a cracker, and um, but we just happened to have. You know, three young guys that were just that little, and and I, we really just didn't want to lose her, didn't want to lose her at all, and uh, so we encouraged her to uh, get herself involved, maybe in animal health or or get herself involved in our merchandise side of the business, and and uh, it's really rewarding that she's done that, and she's followed that path of animal health, and yeah, she's making a real difference, making a real difference. So, I guess um, when people are putting themselves forward for uh, for a role with our business, they should never ever probably consider that maybe maybe this isn't the be all or end all. If I'm not successful at this, the business is that big uh, you know, with some 4,000 employees across Australia, and, and the roles are so diverse that there's always opportunities. and And I say to people, you know, there's always room in in business in in a good business for good people. Yeah. So. Um, and that yes. merit-based system, though it is, I do, um, you know, you just mentioned the two females then, but this is a bit broad brushstroke, but it has generally been a fairly male-dominated business. I can't think of any female agents that I've come across, um, certainly in my lifetime. Are you seeing more women become interested at least, or at least, you know, breaking through? Yeah, there are. Why do you think it's a profession that um, maybe women don't, actively seek i think it's perception mm. i think it's perception 
boys club perception yeah. or hard work perception? Uh, yeah. Um, I'm not sure whether it's boys club or hard work. It's also, and, and no disrespect to the customer base, but um, we're, we're dealing with a um, with with an older generation, or, or and that acceptance isn't isn't necessarily. Um, yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. I can it's see. It's not readily. It doesn't happen immediate. Uh, you consider yourself a frustrated farmer as well. So after all is said and done, you must have a few um, a few bovines at home that keep you occupied. I have a herd of a hundred um, black cows, Angus cows. Delicious. And I use a um, use a Charolais bull as a terminal sire, oh. and so I try and get my my male calves off at that eight months of age at anywhere between three forty and three sixty kilos, and the heifer calves at three twenty, three forty, and um, move them off into um, into a weaner sale and have them destined for a feedlot, yeah. So it must be the breeding side of things that you really are passionate about. What are you looking for when you have your 100 head? Well, yeah, it is interesting because I'll try and find, or I don't try and find, I select my replacement females off off the same Angus herd each year. And it's the, it's the same as the terminal size. I look for an early maturing, well-muscled, but soft, soft bull with, with, with good early growth figures. So that's what I look for. <laughs> you're, you're very sure. Um, what brings you over to Beef Australia every three years? Well, the first time I went, I went with friends that were actually breeding Charolais and said, you ought to come over here and have a look. And, and so I did that. And you know, going back then, I was, I was involved in the artificial breeding business. And it, it, it just, yeah, it was amazing. It, and and they were the days where it was nowhere near the size it was at 2018, obviously. Mm. Um, but I thought, have a look at this, the coming together. And and and, and, and the Nullarbor provides a, a, a very, very big hunger for us West Australians in agriculture, probably in anything, but agriculture is all that I know. So our grain growers, our sheep and wool guys, our vegetable growers, our orchardists, we... Technology is fantastic and you can find out and see and all that, but nothing, nothing makes up for interaction. Mm. And, and we are hungry for that information. It's not as if you're in you know, northern Victoria and you can duck up into southern New South Wales to a field day mm. or to go have a look at this new technology. And, 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 and that's what inspired me to encourage other cattle producers to just to get there and see. And so, yeah, I became a, a strong advocate, a uh, bit of an ambassador for, uh, for beef and telling people they ought to set their holidays and set sites and, and get yourselves there. And, and, and now there's the annual pilgrimage for a large number of beef producers in Western Australia. And whether that's the guys down in Margaret River with the cow-calf operations, the, the, the big stations in, in the Kimberley, there, there are guys that – or farming operations, ladies and guys, that head across – Holy and solely for that. And so that you, you went over as a you went over there as an observer. It wasn't necessarily for work, like through. No, no. no. You went over there off and your I, own back. And, and, and each and every time I've gone over in, as, as an observer. Well, there you go. And even that's... last year, La, last year, and and you know, like Landmark have been major sponsors of the beef section and all, and yeah, we participated in some dinners and those. Things. But you know, 
the West Australian cattle producers have been very successful in the carcass comps mm. and of most recent times. There's, I think there's, last night I was counting, I think there's been three or four winners out of the West for the overall carcass comp. So it really does stimulate the, uh, the, the West Australian beef producers in a number of ways. And I knew or know of, of people that were planning and, and hoping to look at different yard designs and just because they were all going to be there, different crushes, just because they were all going to be there. Mm. There are a number of people who just simply like going and talking to people where they're buying their genetics from, mm. knowing that these, these herds or these studs are on display or they have representation mm. and they can, they can talk to these people one-on-one. So that interaction, it's seeing, feeling, smelling, touching, yeah, and it's become all-encompassing. From you know, where we in 2018, we we had a live export forum on one of the afternoons. Uh, then you've got cooking demonstrations too. You know, it, it just it just covered all. Well, it still covers all. It's not, it did. So, yeah. You, I think you, yeah, you need to hit them up as an official ambassador or something. I feel Leon, you, you you're certainly flying the flag. And I think, as you say, it's impressive that you go over. Um, as an observer too, and are quite happy to to continue doing that. So what have been, like you've mentioned a couple of your your main highlights there, but what what really, like if, if you were sort of umming and ahhing, what is going to get you over the line every time? You've said that, you know, there's that real thirst for Western Australia to break down some of those barriers, but personally, um, is it all of the things you've just mentioned or is there a particular event or memory that, that hits you? I think it's a, the, the collective because uh, from a personal point of view, for where I sit, there, there are so many, so many facets of the beef industry that, that, that touches it for me. And as I say, whether it be the breeding, whether it be the cattle handling, to talking to the guys of MLA, we see trading partners there from, from a work point of view. Uh, you know, there's, there's a number of our trading partners, let alone to talk about the international guests. And then when you want to talk a little more about, you know, where we're going with breeding, you've got that one pavilion that's full of, the, you know, the genetics from around the world. But a personal, personal, personal favourite is Sunday, going out to Gracemere Yards while the competition's being judged and, and there's not much of a crowd and go out there and have a look at all these cattle that are competing on the hoof. All these trade cattle. That's I, I get a lot out of that. Um, you know, we're not talking about someone bringing one animal in. We're talking about groups of ten. Whether they're feeder calves, whether they're breeding heifers, whether they're export slaughter cattle. It, you know, it really, really, really clearly demonstrates to me where the cattle producers of, of Queensland are, heaven, are heading. And then through that, you can see where some of the seed stock producers are, are taking their business as well. So. Personally, I like I like the Gracemere on hoof competition, but that's just just me personally. Well, no, I can tell that you really get a lot out of it and that showcase side of things. Where do you see the Australian beef industry going? Like, you've got a really interesting, you know, number of international factors um, influencing us at the moment. But you must, you know, you've got a finger on the pulse. Where do you, what's the most exciting up and coming issue or development in the beef industry for you? That's oh, a good question. I, I still have that 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 passion about the breeding. I think, I I think our our seed stock producers are doing a a, a first class job, 
and and they've utilised the best in, in a number of breeds. Um, they've utilised the best that's available to them in the world. And now we're starting to see some of our genetics move across the seas. Um, we, we're just seeing the, the Angus breed just putting their toe in the water. We're seeing some of the Boss Indicus breeds, some shipments going. And I'm not, no disrespect to some of the second second tier markets, but I'm talking about going back into where we've got our seed stock product. Um, I also um, also think that um, the quality of our product, um, we talked to some of our, our uh, trading partners, and when I say trading partners, our, our processors and the work that they're doing. Um, Australia's moved far away from a carton of, of, of processed beef. We're starting to get ourselves into some very, very good markets. And, and I take my hat off to the guys in, in um, the, the marketing department of our larger processing companies to go and pursue those opportunities. And uh, you know, they could only do that if the product's good enough. And so so I see the, that as exciting times ahead, moving into some of these markets and uh, and then having the product that's good enough to follow on. Absolutely. Now, you mentioned, um, you know, the cooking demonstrations at Beef and um, people who are regular listeners to this podcast know that I will ask you uh, the same as I've asked everyone else. Uh, are you a bit of a cook, Leon? Do you enjoy um, the kitchen? Uh, only, only when it comes to large pieces of meat. <laughs> so I want to know, what is your go-to cut of beef to cook at home? Not for a dinner party. I want, you know... Tuesday night, average Tuesday, what are you cooking? Scotch fillet. Oh, no hesitation there. Scotch fillet. And, and my dear wife, she, she clearly, clearly knows what a good Scotch fillet looks like. Mm. And um, we don't slaughter our own. There's too much waste because we eat all the good cuts. <laughs> so I think, well, let's just go buy the good cuts from, um, from one of the local local good good butchers and um and that's what we do delicious and do you have how do you cook it medium medium mm-hmm. and no sauce With olive oil olive oil and salt and no sauce perfect okay well look we're going to leave it there leon thank you so much for your time today and uh we'll see you at beef 21 thank you very much we'll see you then Beef Australia is proudly supported by our principal partners. Thanks to the Australian Government Department of Agriculture, Water and the Environment, the Queensland Government, Meat and Livestock Australia and the Rockhampton Regional Council. Thanks for listening. You can hit subscribe to make sure you don't miss any of our episodes. And if you are enjoying listening to the show, we would appreciate a quick rating and review. Visit beefaustralia.com.au for more information on this great event.